How we doing? Victory. 11 a.m. You guys here today? Man, God's presence is so strong. Amen. Isn't it good to worship the Lord? You know, go a little, we went a little off script today, just kind of trying to follow the leading of the Lord, and I'm just thankful to be in a church that's willing to follow the Spirit and go off script a little bit here and there. Amen? Hey, if you have your Bible, turn to John chapter 20. We're going to dive right in this morning. We're in the series, Holy Spirit. Somebody say, Holy Spirit. And before we read from John 20, I do want to give a big shout out to all of our VHM ladies as they launched their women's ministry this past Thursday night. So proud for you guys and excited for you in the days ahead. And ladies, I want to just say, if you weren't able to get it, jump online and watch that when you can. But also, it's not too late. Also, the grow groups are starting in the month of March, which is, by the way, right around the corner. Can you believe it? March 2022. It's crazy. Uh, So ladies, God has great things in store for you. And men, we're coming up. We let the married couples have it. We let the ladies have it. They've had their day. Men, our men's breakfast is coming up soon. So let me hear the men in the room. Whoa. All right. More like a growl. So, uh, okay. All right. Somebody say God with us. Part one, we talked about in this series, God with us. He is Holy Spirit, God with us. Part two, we talked about God in us. Somebody say God in us. And today I want to talk to you about God on us, which the Bible calls the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I know for some of you, when you hear those words, you're like, oh, here we go. He's talking about tongues today. And I'm going to touch on it, but that's not the main reason for the power of the Spirit. So we're going to dive in the Word, and this whole series is taking us on a journey. We're going to go on our own journey today, starting in John chapter 20. Look down at verse 19. And before, before we read this, I want to pray, and I want to specifically pray for Ukraine for just a moment, okay? Father, we thank you for your Word, and we thank you for your Holy Spirit who is in the room with us and as Christ followers is in us. And as we talk about the power that you have, you won't own us. We also know that your Holy Spirit, God, is with the church in Ukraine right now. And I've seen some of the videos and I've seen, uh, Lord, some of the pictures of people praying in the snow, people in services meeting together, praying for, Lord, for you to come through. And you're the only one who can intervene, Father God. And so we're praying for the church of Ukraine. We're we're praying for the people of Ukraine. We pray for the innocent, the children, Father God, that you would protect the innocent. Lord God, as as tanks and missiles and all things are going everywhere, Lord God, all over Ukraine. And Father, we're praying that you would stop evil in its tracks in the name of Jesus. Lord, you are the only one who could intervene. But Lord, as, as your word tells us to, we pray for our president. We pray for the cabinet. God, we pray you give them wisdom, God, supernatural wisdom to make the right decisions. We pray for the UN, God. We pray for all those involved who are making decisions, Father God. And Lord, we also pray for your protection over Israel, for any retaliation there, and over our nation. And so we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, that the same God who is with us now that we were just singing to, It's the same God who is with Ukraine right now. And we thank you, Father, that we will see you turn the tide. And you will make changes in this. And so, Father, we thank you. And Holy Spirit, now, as we dive into your word, would you help me speak about your power? In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said, Amen. amen. I need to grab a water real quick. Need a little hydro, a little agua. John chapter 20, look down at verse 19. Are you there? This is the verse that a lot of times, I don't know why, but it's kind of skipped and everybody goes to Acts 1. But I want to take you quick on a short trek to explain and clarify why you and I need the power of the Holy Spirit. And I just got to say this real quick, just to pastor me, is If you've had bad experiences or you've seen things you don't understand or whatever else, I want to ask you just to turn that off. Somebody say, turn it off. And let's see what God says, not man, what God says about the power 
of his spirit. Amen? And why we need it. Now, Jesus, let me give you quick context. Jesus died and he rose again. This is his first appearance to his disciples uh, after he is risen from the dead. Verse 19. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors. Why? Because they were scared to death. Uh, they were scared and afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, somebody say suddenly. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them, right there, just bang, in the room. And he said, peace be with you. Why? Because they were freaking out. They were scared to death before, and now Jesus, who they saw on the cross dead, is now in the room, and he did not come through the front door. So they are freaking out, and he's like, peace, guys, peace, peace. He says to them, peace be with you. And as he spoke, he says he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. And they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. And again, they're still freaking out. They're, you ever been joyful and scared all at the same time? A little nervous, a little happy? So he, he's, he, he's telling them what they need to hear. Peace, guys. Peace be with you. This, it's not every day that they say a dead man alive in the room and just appears. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And this is very important, verse 22, and we got this underlined so we can just park here just for a few moments. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. I want you to think about this. The same God in Genesis who took dirt and formed it and created a man named Adam, that dirt was standing there not alive until he breathed into that shaped clay, shaped dirt, which was man, and the man took his first breath, which was the breath of God. The same God that breathed in the dirt and made it come alive is the same God that suddenly appears behind locked doors with his boys, his disciples, and he says, guys, I'm sending, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. How powerful is that? The picture, the same God. Somebody say, same God. Same God. The same God who took dirt and breathed into it and gave it existence, gave man existence, the very breath of God. Jamal was talking about earlier when we started worship. It's the same God that breathed on his boys and said, receive the Holy Spirit. What, what happened right there? Well, what happened was that represents when you and I become Christians. Stay with me now. When you and I become Christians, the Holy Spirit comes into your life. And he takes dwelling there. He takes residence in your life. You say, Jesus, become my Lord and Savior. And the Holy Spirit comes in. And you become a new creation in Christ. And the Spirit dwells in you. And that's why we're called a temple. A temple. A living, breathing temple of the Holy Spirit. You're a house. Somebody say house. You and I, if you're a Christ follower in the room, if you're online today and you're a Christ follower, you are a house, a living, breathing house where the Holy Spirit lives. And I'm so thankful for that. Are you thankful that the Holy Spirit lives in you? I know I am. It's called, theologically, it's called the indwelling, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. What I'm talking to you today about is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Somebody say outpouring. Look over now, if you will, just a few chapters over to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verse 3. I'm, gonna, I'm in teacher mode a little bit today. Stay with me. We'll park and um, you'll, we'll hear different things as we go along. And it says this, during the 40 days, so Jesus was on the earth 40 days before he ascended to the Father. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time. 
And this is a little funny. And he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. Come on, because the disciples, had, again, had not seen a dead man walking around. So he's like, guys, here I am. Uh, you know, pinch me. I'm, you know, I'm here. Somebody give me some food. You know, whatever it was. You know, like he had to prove to them over time that he was actually really alive. That was not normal. It wouldn't be normal today either. And then it says, he proved to them many ways that he was alive, and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once, when he was eating with them, because Jesus loved to eat, uh, he was a fish and chips guy, by the way, kind of a uh, Captain D's man, all right? No, actually, that, that would be the worst uh, to, to, there. But, but anyway, he, he loved to eat, and so he's eating with them. There are a lot of stories around Jesus and food. And he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift. Somebody say gift. The gift that he promised, as I told you before. So that tells us he had been talking about the Holy Spirit for some time. Final verse here. John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is preparing his disciples uh, the 11 that are left with him, he's preparing his disciples for his departure. And it's like a commander with his soldiers before they go onto the battlefield or a, a coach with his team giving them the big pep talk before they go out on the field. Either way you put it, he is preparing. Somebody say prepare. He's preparing his boys, his disciples for his departure and that they have got to wait for the power of the Spirit. They've got to wait for the Holy Spirit. And he's giving them this big pregame speech, and it's basically like this. He's like, all right, guys, I need you to get ready. I need you to get set, and I need you to, and they're like thinking he's going to say, go, I need you to wait. Ready, set, wait. These guys, I mean, now that they've seen Jesus, the Messiah, Yeshua, they've seen him alive. Everything he said has come true. And literally, they're like, they're ready to go. They are ready to take the gospel. They're ready to make disciples. And he's like, guys, I want you to be ready. I want you to get ready to go, but I want you to wait. Somebody say wait. I want you to wait for the Holy Spirit. Another translation, New King James says this. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. He's commanding them, guys, whatever you do, wait for the gift or wait for the promise. Here's my question to us today. Why would the disciples have to wait for something they already had? Why would the disciples, because just earlier I read to you, and this has been happening chronologically in time, just earlier he appears to them and he says, receive my Holy Spirit, and he breathes on them, and the Holy Spirit came in them. So why would he tell them to wait for the Holy Spirit? Well, the answer is, it is a secondary experience he is talking about. The first and most important decision of your life, heaven or hell, the only eternal decision is Jesus being your Lord and Savior. That is the most important decision of your life. Numero uno, number one, is Jesus your Lord and Savior? Are you a follower of Jesus? It has heaven and hell consequences. By the way, there is a real hell. But you don't have to wait for heaven one day because Jesus is your Lord. You can live for him today and every day as you're on this earth. So thank God for heaven. And I can't wait to see Jesus face to face and see family members who are already there. But I'm telling you, God doesn't want you waiting on heaven one day. He wants you to live for him today. And he's given us his Holy Spirit to help us in this life. So what he is telling his boys, his disciples, he's like, guys, you've got the spirit in you, but I need you to wait for the power to come on you. I need you to wait for the power and the fire of my Holy Spirit to come upon you. Somebody say upon. There's with, there's in, and there's on. And we're talking about on today, on you. 
waiting for the baptism. That's what it's called, the biblical terminology, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I think a reason a lot of people get confused about it, I did years back, is because when you hear the word baptism, you immediately think, like we just celebrated, which was beautiful, by the way, water baptism. And a lot of, I, remember th- I remember thinking, okay, I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit because I've been water baptized. Different baptism. There's actually several baptisms. We're talking about being baptized in the power and the fire of God. And let me tell you what, everybody in this room and those who are watching online, we all need it. We all need it. And that's why the enemy has worked overtime through the decades and centuries to scare people away from the power of the Spirit, to get you scared of the Holy Spirit as a person and to never embrace the power or the gifts of the Spirit. So what will man do? What will the enemy do through man? He'll try to make it weird for you. He'll try to make it funky. You'll see it abused. You watch things on TV and you're like, if that's the power of the Spirit, I don't want it. But I'm telling you what God says and what we're looking at today and what we'll conclude with in in just a few moments is that the, the person of the spirit is real. He is the spirit of the living God. He lives in us, but he also wants to empower us to live this life and do what God has called us to do. And we definitely, desperately need his power and his fire. Amen. Waiting for what? The baptism in the Holy Spirit. Jesus said this. I'm giving you different scriptures here. He said this in Luke 24, 49. Look right here on the screen. I love this terminology. He says, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, upon you. But you are to stay in the city there, Jerusalem, until you are, come on, say it with me, until you are clothed with power from on high. Pastor Chad, would you mind coming up on the platform with me, actually? I want to give you guys a little bit of an example here. Come on, give it up for Pastor Chad, our associate campus pastor. All right, before you clothe me, we're going to do what we did on Tuesday night with them awesome young adults. All right, so I had the opportunity and the honor to speak to our young adults on Tuesday night. And young adults, you are crazy and awesome in the same time. All right, but uh, I felt like a youth pastor all over again. I was exhausted. I'm like, whoa, whoa. I mean, young adults... That's the fountain of life right there. I didn't even got with the high schoolers yet, so who knows what's going I might revert to a little kid or something. But Holy Spirit with me. Somebody say with. So the Holy Spirit walks with me, and he guides me, and he helps me. If you haven't noticed, we're using Pastor Chad's symbolism here to be the Holy Spirit. All right? Uh, you receive it. He receives it, he says. And so the Holy Spirit, if I lean into him and develop a relationship, a friendship with him, he's constantly speaking to me. He's constantly encouraging me. You're so strong and handsome. Thank you. <laughs> that's a raise right there, buddy. That's a, that's a bonus. So anyway, and, and, and also he protects me. So hands on the back, hands on the back. So when he sees me going the wrong way, he will protect me and pull me back because the Holy Spirit is a leader. And that all happens with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And listen to me, before we give you this next example, this illustration here, that's where most Christians stop. But it's not, that's not where it stops in the Bible. We need to be clothed with power from on high. It, it is a Spirit of God coming upon you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Appreciate that. All right. It is the power of the Spirit coming upon you. I'm so thankful for the indwelling of the Spirit, the whispers of the Spirit, the helping of the Spirit, the friendship of the Spirit, the leadership of the Spirit. But there's even more. Somebody say more. There's the power of the Spirit. And if you're going to go out and make a real difference in this deep, dark world, you need the power and the fire of the Holy Spirit. Just like Pastor Chad just did with me, that, that verbiage that Jesus said, you will be clothed. Other verbiages, you can read all through different translations. Well, I'm an NLT guy, but you read it. Amplified, New King Jimmy, go wherever you want to go. Amplified, whatever it is. You literally, it will, say, it will say every time, upon, on, clothed with. It's showing you one has to do with an indwelling, the inside of you, and one has to do about an empowering on you. Look right here, Uh, Acts chapter one, verse eight. We're still in the one, skip down there uh, to verse eight just because of time. But you shall receive power, somebody say power, Power. 
when the Holy Spirit has, come on, read it with me, has come a has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. That word there is representation. You will represent, come on, represent Jesus. You will represent telling people everywhere about me. In Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Let me make that personal. And in Decula and in Buford and in Lawrenceville and Little Sugar Hill and in Swanee and in Flowery Branch, and I could go on and go on. Somebody's like, doggone, he didn't call my town. (laughs) Jesus spoke it to their world and their towns, but he speaks it to us today. Wherever you live, wherever you work, we need the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. We need the fire of the Lord. I remember, uh, because I'm 50 years young, I remember that the days of the stories of hearing from my grandparents and I, I saw the remnants of it, the residue of it in my childhood when the church, capital C, used to be the respected voice in our nation. Anybody remember that? It's long gone. But the church used to be the leading voice, not the government, the church. And what has happened is over the years, We've just enjoyed getting comfortable and becoming a country club church. And the more we become a country club church, the more the power has left the building. And so today, sadly, across this nation that we all love so much and desperately needs a move of God, the church, capital C, is a place without power. And I'm telling you, it's not Bible. God has called us to be a people of power, and he's called his church to be a powerhouse in this world. He's called you to be a powerhouse, and we need, desperately need, the baptism and the power of the Spirit. Amen? That word there, some of you know this, that word in the Greek is dunamis. Somebody say dunamis. That Greek word there is dunamis, which describes explosive or or, or dynamic. It's where we get our English word dynamite. I just showed my age in that too, if anybody knows that. Dynamite. That's the kind of power. So I'm going to read the verse again because I did a little deep dive study on this about that power. All right. And literally that this verse dunamis diving a little deeper. Again, I want to encourage you be a researcher of the word of God, be a student of the word of God. This is what it's saying right here on the screen, but you shall receive power when the Holy spirit has come upon you. That word power dunamis is explosive strength and ability, marvelous works and miraculous power. That's what it means. And let me tell you a story, personal story. 24 years old, I found myself in Dallas, Texas at Bible college. And y'all have heard my story. I don't don't have time because I want to keep going. But uh, in that fall, the Lord interrupted my life. Thank you, Jesus. Showed up in my Mustang, literally gave me a choice. It's my way or your way, choose. Pulled over the side of the road, repented to God, surrendered to the calling of God in my life because I was running from it. And... Uh, called my dad and who I had not been submitted to for a very long time. I'd really rebelled against my father and, um, and called my dad and said, tell me what to do. And my dad said, I want you to go to this Bible college. So I went to this Bible college, not knowing anything or anyone. And so I'm in this Bible college and it didn't take long to see that what this student body had, I was missing. I noticed such passion and fire in the people. My roommates, there was, I, was, I shared a the dormitory, a dorm room with two other guys and, uh, who made a huge mark in my life that first semester. And they were full of such joy, not happiness, like real, authentic joy. When I would hear them pray, when we would pray together at night, when we were, we were all working jobs, but when we were together at night and we would pray together, man, something felt like it came in the room when these guys were praying I didn't even want to pray because I was so intimidated by what I felt and experienced when these guys my age were praying. We would go in the chapel. We had chapel for 35 minutes before any of our our classes. 
Many times in chapels, Lisa was student there too, but we didn't know each other at the time. But man, we never knew what God was going to do in chapel because any moment, any day, any given chapel, somebody got healed, somebody got delivered, somebody got like their whole school bill paid for. I remember one time, I'm just having a memory right now, some girl starts running down the aisle screaming, holding some piece of paper. I'm like, that woman's demon possessed. You know, she's running around and she was crying and she came up to the, they were, they were doing testimonies and someone in the middle of chapel had paid her $6,000 school bill like that. And what the people didn't know is she lost her job. She wrecked her car. Her mom and dad were getting divorced. All, I saw things like that every day. And I kept thinking they have something I don't. And I love Jesus but there was something in and on these people that I desperately wanted, but I did not understand it. And because of that, I took steps back until finally, out of desperation, I was, I was so, in a good way, envious of this, this fire and this passion and this boldness. Oh my goodness, I'd go to restaurants and I'd be ducking my head at the table because I never knew what my roommates and friends were going to do. They'd be talking to the waiters about you. I'm like, oh my gosh, what are they doing? You know, um, Can we pray for you? Waiters bending down, crying at the table. I'm like, dear Lord, what is happening right now? You know? <laughs> They had this boldness about their faith. They did not care. They were not rude. They were not arrogant. They were actually very humble. But there was a fire in them, and I was missing it. Finally, out of desperation, I met with a professor who graciously gave me five hours one afternoon. I'll never forget that ever. He actually texted me this morning because I texted him yesterday and said, I'm talking about the power of the Spirit. And he took me through the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. Longest talk I've ever had in my life. <laughs> Just sat there. And I mean, it, and it flew by actually. And I asked questions and he was so patient. And he was so gracious with me. Never forced anything on me. Didn't make me feel dumb. I mean, I had a lot of questions and I had some confusion because I'm thinking like as we're reading this in the scriptures, like, have you ever thought this? How, how come I haven't seen that before? How come no one ever told me about this? I was thinking that. I was actually getting angry halfway through the conversation. Like, how come no one told me this? It's right there, black and white or in red. Well, how did I miss this? I'm missing something. And I'll never forget, Pastor Brad said to me, he said, Chris, I can see that you love Jesus. It's, it's so evident you love Jesus. But what you're missing, what you keep talking about, you're missing the power of the Spirit in your life. And he said, do you want that? I'm like, I want it. Sign me up. And I didn't even fully understand everything. I just signed me up. What, what you have, there's something different. You're, it's, there's something different on your teaching. The, the way you look at me, there's something different about your marriage. There's something different about your kids. Like, what is the difference? And he's like, it's the power and the fire of the Spirit. The Bible calls it the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Baptism means fully immersed. For example, if I was to drink this water, I, read, I heard this yesterday, if I was to drink this water, it would be all in me. If I was to go out to the ocean, because I'm a beach guy, come on, beach people. Uh, if I'm going to go out to the ocean, which, come on, spring break, dear Lord Jesus, bring it soon, soon, Lord, soon, all right? Um, and I dive under the water, and the ocean, as big as it is, water is water, but as big as I'm fully immersed. One indwelling, one immersion outpouring. He said, do you want it? I said, yes. He said, come on, walk with me. Let's go to my office. And so we went to, went to his office. Nothing spooky. He didn't, he didn't come back into the office with incense. He didn't like, whoa, whoa. I'm like, whoa, I'm out of here. You know, none of that. He was so gracious. He knew I was, my heart was beating out my chest. I'm like, what is going to happen? I'd been around Bible college enough to know. I was like, hmm. Lord, please, I, I want all of you, but I'm scared. Anybody been there? All right, we got about 10 honest people in the room. Okay, we're okay. And he prayed a simple prayer. He led me in it. He said, I can't pray it for you. If you want this, you got to pray it. Because Luke tells us, Luke 11, if you call upon him and you ask him, you shall receive. In the context, if you read it, Luke 11, 13, 
He says, talks about what father, what good father would give his kids, if they ask him for bread, would give them a snake. And he says, how much more the good father, when you ask him for the Holy Spirit, he will give him to you. He will give him to you. And he led me in that prayer. And I want to tell you that all of a sudden in that small office, the ceiling tile pulled back and the glory cloud of heaven poured over me with rainbows and Skittles and lucky charms pouring in my mouth. <laughs> I can't think of, I'm just trying, sorry. Anyway, I'm just trying to think of anything extravagant. Nothing happened, so I thought. I didn't start speaking in tongues. I'll talk about that in a moment. And he said, Chris, after it's said and done, he's like, Chris, you got it. You asked him for it. The good father always gives to his kids what they ask for. And he said, and especially when it's his Holy Spirit. He said, you have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I want to say, I don't feel nothing. <laughs> and actually, like a little kid, I was 24 years old, but like a little kid, I remember leaving that office, that library chapel area, and I remember kicking the rocks on the way to my dormitory, like, damn it. Like, where's the... Where's the oomph? But the next morning I woke up, and just like I do every morning, I'm a morning guy with God. I opened my scriptures. They came alive. I mean, I'm like, what in the world? I go to chapel that, that next morning, that morning after my quiet time with God, and I just, I've, I've got, I feel different. I don't, and I'm, I'm not a man of being led by feelings. We are a spirit-led people, but I, I felt different. There, there, what I didn't realize, there was a fire beginning to grow inside my spirit. And, and uh, I had a part-time job. I'm the oldest of four boys. My dad, we, they couldn't pay for all of us to go to college at the same time. We were pretty close in age. And so uh, we had to pay for a lot of it. And, and so I worked at the YMCA. That was my job. I was a site director, picking up kids from school and taking them to the Y and doing homework. And I knew something was different in me because that day, the very next day, after my God time, after my chapel time, I'm like, man, something's bubbling up in me. I don't know what it is. I'm looking at my students, my peers different. And then when I pick up these little kids, I start weeping and I start thinking, are they saved? Do their parents know the Lord? I picked them up every single day, but something was different in me. I was being on purpose of making sure that I wasn't playing dodgeball with them when their parents come over. I'd run over to them now and just start to talk with their parents to form some form of a friendship some way because I desperately wanted them to know Jesus. All these things and more were taking place in my life. I started getting pictures. I don't know how to explain it to you. It's prophetic in nature. But I started getting pictures over people. Like, I don't know why. I would, I would go up to somebody, you know, as I, I started gaining more God confidence in me. And I'd, I'd just say, like, hey, um, Joe, I just keep getting this picture of you. And whatever that picture was. And, and he'd be like, dude, that is, that is God. I, I've been struggling with this. I didn't know what to do. And I'm like, man, I don't know. It just came on me so much. I'm telling you, all the gifts and all those things begin operating my life. And I backtrace it to one moment in the office when I felt nothing but something deep happened inside my life. I asked Jesus to baptize me with his Holy Spirit and fire. And everything changed. Now, by the way, let me just say this to those who are baptized in the Holy Spirit. You know this, but it needs to be said. We all got to keep the fire burning. We got to keep the oil lit. It's my responsibility, not yours. And it's not my responsibility to light your fire. You have to light your fire. Paul told Timothy, fan the flame of God. He's telling it's your responsibility to light that fire and keep it lit. And keep, stay filled up because you know this, we get empty you give and you give and you serve and you serve and you love and you lead and you lead and you get empty. And so you got to go back to the well that never runs dry. His name is Jesus and let him refresh you and refill you up. But it all starts with one simple prayer. Jesus, baptize me in your Holy Spirit and fire. Why do you and I need the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Because Jesus needed it. Somebody's like, whoa, whoa, wait, What? Jesus needed the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I, give you several, I could give you several biblical uh, answers to that. This is my favorite one from Acts 10, 38. Look right here on the screen. And you know that God, here, and this is a cool picture of the Trinity in one verse, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth 
with the Holy Spirit and with, say it with me, and with, then, look at that. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. When did Jesus get anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power? When he was water baptized. It was like a two for one. He killed two birds with one stone. He got water baptized and you know the story. The whole, I'm getting hot, my goodness. Uh, I was like, I forgot that the power jacket was still on me there. Uh, but, uh, woo. Uh, so the, where, where was I at? Oh, Jesus getting baptized. Thank you. And so he's getting baptized, water baptized. Why did Jesus do that? It was a model for you and I, it was a model for us to emulate just like our, our family did it. Our two family members did it over here. I loved what they said. And I'm declaring to all of you, do you hear them say it when they were getting water baptized? That Jesus is my Lord. Oh, I loved it. It's a public proclamation, declaration representing Jesus going into the grave and rising again. You go, that's water baptism. But then the other baptism is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that literally, talking about it, the clouds opening up and the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus like a dove. Lisa pointed out to me during worship, hey, Chris, notice that the Holy Spirit landed on Jesus like a dove, that gentleness. But what landed on the 120 in the upper room? It was fire. Do you know why? Because fire is contagious. And those 120 were about to be scattered for persecution and all kinds of reasons around the world. And the Bible tells us those people turn the world upside down for the kingdom of God. And you and I would not be here today if it wasn't when the Holy Spirit showed up and literally filled those disciples and the followers of Christ, 120 in the room, and they literally have taken the gospel to the world. And here we are of the benefit of that. Actually, the other day I was reading my Bible and many of you, you'll either have in the book of Acts, it will, say, it will call Acts the book of Acts or some translation call it the Acts of the Apostles, okay? And so I'm reading Acts for my own enjoyment right now and, um, and I see it a, a million times. I saw Acts of the Apostles and I'm turning over to whatever chapter I'm in and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Thank God I was listening. And he said to me, Chris, the only way The only way the apostles were able to do great exploits, great actions, only reason there's a book in the Bible called the Acts of the Apostles, the exploits, the actions of the apostles is because they had the power of my spirit. Jesus told them to wait for the power, then go. By the way, it's the only time you have to wait. All through the Bible, The rest of it, the Holy Spirit just comes in people and comes on people. It was the only time because he knew his boys were going into a mean, just world that would chew you up and spit you out like the world we're in today. And he's like, guys, I got to go so the Holy Spirit can come. He's already in you, but you need the power of his spirit on you so that you can do what I've called you to do. Go make disciples, wait for the power and then go into all the world. Are you with me, 11 a.m.? So why do we need to baptize the Holy Spirit? Because Jesus needed. Why do we need it? Because the disciples needed it. Let me put it to you like this. If Jesus needed it and the disciples needed it, how much more do we need it? Why do we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit? To be a mighty witness on the earth. To represent Jesus to a lost and dying world. Telling people everywhere about Jesus. Now, if you're taking notes, I'm going to give you three things and I'm going to move very quickly because I want to have a little time here for prayer and worship. Three major changes that come through the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I encourage you to put this on your notes or on your phone or whatever. Three major changes that come through the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Number one, a new boldness to share our faith a new boldness to share our faith. Somebody say boldness. That's a perfect water break. Think about this. Stay with me. When Jesus rose from the dead and he appeared in that room, his disciples were terrified, scared to death that any moment they were going to die by the Jewish leaders. If they killed killed Yeshua, they're going to kill us, they thought. So they're terrified, locked behind doors. Now think about this. 
those same young men later turned the world upside down. They were full of boldness and faith. The same men who were scared to death, huddling together like, are they coming? Are they, what's that noise? What's that noise? Is that the soldiers? Is that, is that the Jewish leaders? Who's coming? They were scared to death. Those same men later went around the world proclaiming the gospel. And literally, most of them, historians tell us, they died a martyr's death. They were scared to death later they died a martyr's death. What was the change? It was the power of the Spirit. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. That changed. It was the game changer for them. There was a new boldness in them. I'll, I'll pick on one person. Peter. Foot in mouth Peter. Cuss like a sailor Peter. Denied Jesus three times Peter. But after the Holy Spirit comes upon him... He becomes the leader of the apostles. He becomes a preaching machine. He, ha he has this new God confidence and boldness in his life, and he performed unusual miracles. Let me just tell you this, to remind you, these were ordinary fishermen. These were ordinary men and women, and they just said yes to God, and he empowered them from on high, and they did great exploits. These were not supermen and superwomen. There is no such thing. God uses ordinary people, and with the power of his spirit, things become extraordinary. God, his spirit, is the super to our natural. Or let me put it to you like this. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is the super, somebody say super, that comes alongside your natural ability and yields supernatural results. Number two, major change. Number two, major change is a new prayer language. And this is where people are like, oh boy. And where people actually get stuck. I want to explain this as quick as I can. And this is why I'm saying I'm gonna do it quick because it's not the main emphasis of the power of the Spirit. Many people have, have abused it by saying, if you don't pray in the Spirit, you don't got it. If you don't do these things, you don't got it. That's not Bible. Bible is very clear that if you ask Jesus for it, speaking of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you got it. For me, when Pastor Brad prayed for me in his office, I'm, I'm kind of a cerebral. He even told me, Chris, this is going to be a journey for you. I was wanting everything to happen in one moment. Church, let me just tell you real quick. Can we just slow down? <laughs> this is not a hundred yard dash with God. It's a journey. It's a beautiful marathon. And you can grow in God. You're not, I'm not going to get everything in just one time. And like, give it to me, God. You know, everything. No, it's a journey called life and walking in the spirit and walking with the spirit. And we grow. Somebody say grow. And we grow in God. So he prayed for me. And I've already told you something happened inside. But I was bummed because I heard everybody else in the student body praying in the spirit. And I got nothing. So I walked away kicking rocks thinking I didn't get anything. And he told me, you got it, you got it. It'll come. Don't worry about your prayer. He kept telling me, don't worry about your prayer language. It'll come. Seven weeks later, I'm in the shower getting ready to go to school. And I'm just praising God because I got this newfound, just I want to worship God. I got this new adoration in me since I got baptized with the Holy Spirit. I just love worshiping God. And I'm in the shower and I realize I'm no longer speaking in English. And it, it, it took a second. I mean, I'm just going off. And it, just, it was like I kind of came out of my body. From, I'm just kidding. But it's almost like, hey, what's going on right now? You know, <laughs> what are you doing? What are you saying? And I ran back to that professor at class. And I'm like, B -b -b Pastor Chris, I mean, Pastor Brad, like, I, I got the prayer language. He's like, that's great. That's great. I don't know what to do. He's like, open your mouth and pray. I'm like, Okay. And, 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 and I was just like, but, but I'm scared. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm praying. He's like, it's okay. It's the perfect prayer. It's the prayer of the Spirit. And when you pray in the Holy Spirit, it hits the mark every time. And I'm telling you to encourage all of us that it is something I believe that God has for all of His children. I'm not talking about the gift of tongues 
which is for, literally the word there is language. It's a different tense of the word. It is language, and it is a gift that is shared in a public meeting or service with an interpretation. I'm talking about your personal prayer language that God has for each person that is baptized in the Holy Spirit. But here's what I want to say. If you get it later like me, or maybe you never get it for whatever reason, you got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Tongues, the prayer language, is just a perk. It's just a benefit. It's just a blessing. And it is a blessing. The real deal, the main thing, is the power of the Spirit to represent Jesus to a lost and dying world. (laughs) Romans 8, 26 and 27 says this. And the Holy Spirit helps in our weakness. Helps. He's a helper. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. But, God, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. It's the perfect prayer. Number one, change. New boldness. Number two, new prayer language. Number three, New power to operate in the supernatural. A new power to operate in the supernatural. The Bible calls them gifts. They're the gifts of the Spirit. There's nine of them. Next week, Lisa's going to be bringing the Word, and she's going to be talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And then the final message in this series is the gifts of the Spirit, and Pastor Dennis is going to be preaching on that and teaching that. It's going to be so good. I can't wait to hear my honey bring it next week. Uh, But Jesus said, Jesus said this. He said, one day, for anyone who believes, he said, you will do the same works I did and even greater. That's that's mind-blowing to me. Right, Right here on the scripture, John, he says in John 14, Jesus said this. He said, I tell you the truth, anyone, somebody say anyone, that's you and me, people watching online, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask anything for me in my name and I will do it. We, all of us in this room, can do the same and even greater works, as mind-blowing as that is, greater works than Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. We have those gifts, we have his boldness, we have a beautiful prayer language that he's given us. But as we close, I want to tell you, as beautiful and incredible as the boldness is, as special it is to have a prayer language, and I tell you, I pray in the Spirit all the time because like you, many times I don't know how to pray. Anybody ever been there before? Like, I don't know how to pray. I'm overwhelmed. What's going on in the world? What's going on in our nation? What's happening in my family? Thank God for the personal prayer line. I could go on all day. I don't have that time. Thank God for the gifts that will operate in and through your life, that they're for the body of Christ and for the world, the power tools that he's given us. But church, at the end of the day, if we were to culminate, why do we need it? Why do we need the baptism, the power of the Spirit? It is simply to represent and to be a mighty witness on the earth, to do great and incredible exploits for the kingdom of God, to be a witness telling people everywhere about our king. Amen? We're going to pray. There's only one prerequisite of receiving the power of the Spirit, and that is you got to be saved. So I can't move past that besides to say if you're here today and I want to just ask you in this moment would you would you bow your head and close your eyes why why I'm asking you is because I want you to just focus on your own heart examination time no shame no judgment but if you're here today and you're away from God Or maybe you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Today is a day to come back home to Jesus. Maybe you're running from God. But God had you here today to hear about his spirit and the power of his spirit. 
But what's most important, as I said earlier, what is most important, the eternal decision is who is your Lord and who's on the throne of your heart. So if you're here today and you need to come back to Jesus or you need to ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, I want to ask you right where you're seated, would you just lift your hand to the Lord and say, Pastor, that's me, pray for me. Yeah, all across this room. Hands going up, but they're representing hearts. And you have a beautiful heart, and that's why Jesus died for it. He loves you. He gave his life for you. He wants you all to himself. All across the room, anybody else. You've been running your life your way. You're away from God. He has you here today. He loves you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Today is the day to come back to Jesus. I don't know what you've done. We've all got a past. And I will tell you, the blood of Jesus redeems your past. Today can be a new day in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come because of Jesus. From the front to the back, can we just pray a prayer together? Just pray this with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today declaring that you are real. You really lived and you really died and you really rose from the dead. And I ask you now to come into my life and to be my Lord and Savior. I receive you, Holy Spirit, and all that you have for me. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of doing life my way. I give you the steering wheel of my heart and I surrender my life to you. Help me be all that you've called me to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, can we thank King Jesus right now? Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. The most important decision of your life is always running after Jesus. And by the way, the Holy Spirit will always point you back to Jesus. Let's stand together.